continuing on in the service of the Lord and doing what you do for God's honor and glory. I'm thankful for the Lord letting my paths cross with Brother Randy a number of years ago. We met in prison, praise God. And uh, if we would behave ourselves, we could have uh, maybe done differently, but uh, the Lord let our paths cross in prison. And I thank the Lord for him, for his family, for the, what the Lord is doing and using him at Concord. I thank the Lord for the good church, for those that labor on the grounds here. And uh, praise the Lord for letting uh, my life be graced with the presence of Brother Sammy Allen and, and uh, Brother Stennett Ballou. We thank the Lord for them and miss them, talk about them a lot. Several, several, seldom does a day go by that uh, my family and I do not talk about something that Brother Sammy or Brother Ballou did and said to us and helping us and sometimes just not even important things, just talking about uh, bragging on the whole hog sausage or all beef wannies, you know, and uh, bragging on how good the breakfast is, better than you'd find at any Shoney's anywhere up and down this highway here. And uh, we, uh, uh, matter of fact, that my children sometimes get to digging in on the meal and they'll look at me and they'll say, Daddy, you know, says, uh, this is a real good meal. It's a serious thing, isn't it? It's a serious thing. And uh, just little things like that, that the Lord let uh, the good man of God invest in our lives. I'm so thankful for it. I'm glad I was able not only to know him as God's man, but as my friend. And, and we're grateful for the legacy that he left and for those that labor to make it continue on. Hebrews 11, let's turn there if you will, please. And then I want to read also in Genesis chapter five. We'll use both of these portions directly in the message and remain in them in the message here this morning if God will be our helper. Hebrews 11, verse number five, word of the Lord says, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, Genesis chapter five and verse 21 about this man Enoch, the Bible says, and Enoch lived 60 and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. We'll leave off our reading there. I'm especially interested in looking at this man Enoch's life in light of what is mentioned in Hebrews 11:5, when the Bible says before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Here recently I've been preaching about some of these people in the Bible about whom the Lord testifies. The Lord testifies about the people that he see that we see in the Bible. This morning I want us to look at God's testimony about Enoch. Now to have one's name mentioned in the Bible at all is extraordinary. To have the God of heaven in the Bible actually provide a testimony in behalf of a person is hardly imaginable. 
When any of us stand in the presence of God, we'll realize as Isaiah did, woe is me for I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. Nobody stands before the Lord, sees God for who he is, who we are for who we are, and says wow is me. It's woe is me. We understand we're not worthy to be found in his presence. We realize as the apostle Paul did, oh wretched man that I am. We realize as the apostle Peter did Lord I'm a sinful man the Bible declares as it is written there is none righteous no not one for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God but God testifies about some of his saints he my friend steps up on the witness stand and Under oath, he tells the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. And by the way, he's always under oath. He's always under oath. He cannot lie. And when he tells us about his saints, my friend tells us who they are, what he knows of them, and testifies of the people he knows. Matter of fact, I think about Abraham. The Bible said the Lord testified about him and said, I know him. For Genesis 18, for I know him. Of David, God testified, he's a man after my own heart. Of Job, of which we've heard preached about this morning already, the Lord witnessed, he is perfect, he's upright, he fears the Lord, and he eschews evil. Of Saul of Tarsus, who would then become Paul, the apostle, the Lord said and testified, he's a chosen vessel unto me. Of John the Baptist, Jesus testified and said, among those born of women, there is none greater than John the Baptist. Of Abel in our text from Hebrews 11, the Lord would testify and say that he was righteous. That was the most significant thing said in the testimony of Abel. He was righteous. Through the blood of the Lamb, he became righteous. Today, God's testimony about Enoch is given, and the most profound thing the Lord says of Enoch is he pleased God. He pleased God before this uh, before his translation. He had this testimony that he pleased God. I'm interested in pleasing God. I'm interested in my life pleasing God. My testimony pleasing God. In my walk pleasing God. I want my ministry and my family to please God. I want my church to please God. When I stand before Him in the last day, and uh, He, my friend, in the court of heaven, begins to testify about me. I want him to be able to say well done and he cannot lie so if I do not do well he'll not say well done and I want my life to please the Lord. I realize that even at my very best I will miss the mark. All have seen that's past tense and come short present tense of the glory of God at our very best we'll miss the mark. I realize that my righteousness is as filthy rags. I cannot do enough. I understand that, but I do want to give him my best. And God knows your motive. He knows who you are. He knows your heart. He knows if you really want to serve him. And if you give him your very best, God knows about that. He understands where we are, how we live for him. And I want my life to please the Lord. I want him to be pleased when the Lord steps up on the witness stand in the last time and begins to tell all of his 
eternity. About me, I pray that God can say that he's pleased, that he's pleased, that I've satisfied him, that I've pleased him, and that I've obeyed him. The Lord says about Enoch that he pleased the Lord. If the Lord this morning were to step forward and give a word of testimony under oath about you and about me, would he say that he's pleased with us? Would he say that he's pleased with our lives, with how we live? Would he say that he's pleased with how we conduct our church services and how we carry out our Christian service? Would he say that he's pleased with our Bible study and our prayer lives? Would he say that he's pleased with how that we bring up our children, the nurture and admonition of the Lord? Would he say that he's pleased with how we give and how we worship and how we pray and how we live and how we serve? I want the Lord to be pleased with my life. And God on the witness stand under oath cannot lie testifies of Enoch and says that he pleased God. He had this testimony that he pleased God. And now let me show you a few things about this man Enoch's life. And this morning about this man who God testified pleased him. And first of all this morning I want you to see Enoch's transformation. In the book of Genesis in the chapter 5 and verse 21 it said Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and then begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. His transformation is seen in these verses. The Bible says that there was a time before, before his transformation. That is, he was 65 years old before he gives his life to the Lord. He One of the men that the Bible gives us a word that the Lord testifies of him about, he was 65 years old before he ever gave his life to God. He was 65 years old before he began to walk with the Lord. There was a before in his life. Enoch had not always been a believer. He lived 65 years before any record that he knew God, walked with God, or pleased God. I'm telling you, everybody has a before. Everybody has a past. Everybody has a record. Every man has read, read in his ledger and without a miracle from God. My friend, we'll never get the old account settled. It takes an encounter with the Lord to transform us and to change us and to make us what we ought to be. Enoch hadn't always walked with God, but there's something happened in his life that caused him to begin walking with God. And the devil would like to tell you you're too young to start. He'd like to tell you you're too old to start. And he never does tell you right there in the sweet spot. Amen. I mean, he's always got some excuse for you. But it doesn't matter, friend, if you're 65 years old and never been saved this morning. Today would be the day to give your heart and life to God. Begin walking with the Lord. There's not a better time to start walking with God than right now. There's not a better place than right here. My friend, every moment you live outside of the center of the will of God for your life is one more moment too long. Now's the time to give your life to the Lord and sell out to Him. 
Ephesians chapter two and verse number three said, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Enoch is not something special or extraordinary. Like all others, there was a time when he was not right with God and had to get right with God. There was a before. And then in verse 22, there is an after. The Bible said after Methuselah was born, after he began Methuselah, that he walked with God for 300 years. 300 years he walked with God and pleased the Lord after he walked with God. After this, my friend, transformation in his life. You think the road is long, but after 300 years, my friend, he was still walking the Lord with the Lord, and it got so sweet, he just walked right on out of this world into eternity to be with the Lord forever. And my friend, after 300 years, he could sing. It gets sweeter as the days go by. I've been saved 30 some odd years now, and here it is that seemed like it's been a long time, and some day, some days, some day I turn around and it seemed like it's just yesterday when the Lord saved my soul. But here he is, Enoch's been walking with the Lord ten times longer than what I've been saved. And you know what? He hadn't given out yet. And he hadn't quit and he hadn't lost interest. And he hadn't got tired of it. Amen. And he hadn't grown weary. He's still walking with God and still serving the Lord. What I'm saying to you today is, if you are saved, you can make it. You can live for God. You can finish this race. You can stay steady. You can, my friend, do what God wants you to do until the day we exit out of this old world and receive the reward that is forever. Walk with God. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. If we faint not, thank God. Oh, stay with God, friend. It's transformation. There was a before, there was an after. And then I want you to notice there was a difference. There was a difference. 65 years he walked. I lived before he had this encounter with God. But after this encounter with God, he walked with the Lord. There was a difference. And the Bible said that about the same time this boy Methuselah was born, his name means after him comes the judgment. Or that my friend of power or judgment comes after him. It seems about this time that Methuselah was born, God showed Enoch what was to come. Amen. Well, this is what he said about it. In Jude, one chapter in the book of Jude, so it's in Jude chapter one. In Jude chapter one in verse number 14, the Bible said, and Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these saying, behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all of their ungodly all of that are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him and this man this man Methuselah and this boy Methuselah came in the life of Enoch and God opened his eyes and he showed him some things and my friend he showed him the wrath of God on sin 
He heard of the wrath of God on sin. You know what will change people who are walking according to the course of this whole world? You know what will cause people to stop and pay attention to how they're living and what they're doing? When you realize that you're not okay as you are. And my friend, everybody's not okay. Everything's not okay. It's not okay to continue in your sin. It's not okay to just continue life as you've been living. And my friend, God is going to deal with sin. Thank God I'm glad I heard of the wrath of God on sin. I've got my friend called on the Lord to save my soul because I did not want to go to hell. I knew there was a heaven to gain and a hell to shine. And I praise the Lord that I heard of the wrath of God on sin. Amen, friend, amen. He heard the wrath of God on sin and he heeded the message and he sought after God. Praise the Lord. Don't just be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word, amen. Receive with meekness that engrafted word which is able to save your souls and then be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. Oh, my friend, hear the message, heed the message and then God enabled or helped an Enoch to walk for 300 years. If you've been transformed, God will help you and walk with him in this world of sin and wickedness. And my friend, you can live a Christian life in this day that is filled with ungodliness on every side. You can live a Christian life for the honor and glory of God. God will make a difference in your life. Praise God. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. If any man, that means you and me and all of us. Amen. Hey, if any man be in Christ, hey, you say, but you don't understand, preacher, how bad the devil's trying to stop me from getting saved. I understand he's trying to stop you, but if the devil could stop people from getting saved, would none of us be saved? But the devil can't stop the Lord from doing the work in your life. If you want to be saved, then a thing in the world the devil can do about it. Hallelujah. And if you want to live for God, there's not a thing in the world the devil can do about it. And my friend, you want to serve the Lord, there's nothing the devil can do about it. And you want to love the Lord and please the Lord, there's not a thing in the world the devil can do to stop that. The Lord will help you, friend. He'll make a difference in your life. His transformation, this man Enoch hadn't always been a, a, a saved man, hadn't always been a, a one that walked with God, but he's had a transformation in his life. And then after his transformation, he has a testimony. Verse number five, by faith when Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him for before his translation, he had this testimony that pleased God. By the way, before he ever went to heaven, before he left, this world before he was translated into a glorious body. He already had a testimony that he pleased God. Your testimony will not be made when you leave this world, but it is made while you are in this world. Many years ago, I swung and missed, I'm sure. I tried and felt like I just made such a mess trying to preach here in this pulpit on choosing between a title or a testimony. Titles like admiral or doctor or president. My friend, these things will fade away, but 
testimonies are not written in epitaphs on tombstones. But testimonies are etched in the hearts of the people who are around us. And Methuselah and all the others of his sons and daughters saw in Enoch a man that pleased the Lord because he didn't wait till he got to heaven. And while he was here, he had a testimony. He had a testimony that it pleased God. He walked with the Lord while he was in this world. And God said of him that he pleased the Lord. Amen. How could a man please God? Well, Enoch pleased God by faith. Amen. In verse number five, it says by faith. Enoch was translated. That is his order. That is his, that is his manner. That is what he does. He pleases God by faith. As a matter of fact, the Bible said that he had this testimony that pleased God, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he's a water of them that diligently seek him. The essential of faith is involved. But pleasing the Lord, it's not one of many ways to please God. It's the only way to please God. It's not hard to please God without faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. Amen. The essentials of it. And then, then, oh, my dad's here and he spent all that money on trying to get me educated. And uh, so I've got to at least do one big word while he's here. here. And my mom teach, and was taught me in school. And I at least got to do one big word while they're here. So uh, the exegesis of this faith, uh, that'll at least let them know they got something out of all that education money all these years. I know I don't always wear it well. Uh, the exegesis. Jesus of the faith. That is the critical explanation or interpretation of a text, especially that of Scripture. If we exegete, we draw out the direct interpretation and application of this verse, we learn that faith involves the existence of a potentate, the existence of God. For he says, but he that cometh to him must believe that he is, that he exists that there is a God. Each day the sun comes out to shine. The stars and moon they leave on time. How with the wind it blows, we list it where. We breathe the living air. How the flowers grow, they do not toil. They do not bend to work at all. I praise God the birds. They eat and get their care. So there must be a God somewhere. I'm telling you, friend, there is a God. And we start with the existence of him that there is a God that he is I believe that he is that he exists amen not only do we have faith in the existence of a potentate, the existence of a God, but we have faith that's involved in the energy of the prayer answerer or the energy of God. That is not only that we must believe that he is, that he exists, but that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That he, my friend, responds to faith and responds to prayer. And if you want to know God, he'll not hide himself from you. If you seek after the Lord, he'll be found of you. I mean, if by faith you'll believe that God exists and that he hears you when you pray, you start calling on the Lord and your life will be changed. Hallelujah. Testimony that pleased God by faith. He had a testimony that pleased God by fellowship. 
I mean, the Bible said in Genesis 5 and 24 that Enoch walked with God. He walked with God. God is more than just a being to be feared. He is a being to be followed. He is a being to be in fellowship with. Amen. Isaiah 43 and 1, the Lord says, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Verse 7, he said, For I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. The Lord made us for fellowship with him. At Revelation 4 and 11, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they, were, they are and were created. We were made to fellowship with God and to please him as we walk with the Lord oh, with everything else on planet earth and in the, in the skies and in the heavens. He spoke it and there it was but when it came to man he formed us of the dust of the ground and then breathed in the nostrils of man the breath of life and he became a living soul he put a spark of himself in us and because we were made to fellowship with the Lord God did not create you or me so that we may invest our lives, the only life that we have in this world, invest that life in carnal things, worldly things, sinful things, ungodly things, fleshly things. But he made us to take this one life he's given us in this world and use it for fellowship with God and to walk with the Lord. That is the highest order of living that mankind can know, to fellowship with the Lord, to walk with the Lord. Oh, I don't have time. It's a whole different message. I'm going to just throw it out here for you. In the book of Exodus, when they went up on the mountain and Moses called for the elders of Israel up on the mountain and to my friend Moses and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and to those elders of God went up on the mountain and the Bible said they saw the Lord and they did eat and drink. They had a meal with the Lord. I tell you nothing in the world is like fellowshipping with God, like walking with him and talking with him, spending time with him, like knowing him in your everyday life. Nothing like fellowshipping with the Lord. His testimony was by faith. His testimony was by fellowship. Not only do we see his transformation in his testimony, but then we see his translation. In verse number five of our text of Hebrews 11, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and he was not found because God had translated him. He did not die, but he was translated. Uh, translated, now what in the world is this? Uh, well, first of all, it is an act of deity. Uh, that is, God translated him. Enoch could not translate himself from death to life, uh, from mortal to immortality, from corruption to incorruption, uh, from dishonor to honor, but God translated him. Whoa, uh, oh, praise the Lord, uh, who'll deliver me from the body of this death. He's gonna translate me, hallelujah. I praise God. It was an act of deity. God 
God translated him. He walked on this earth until God translated him. Then he walked into glory. Hallelujah. Praise God and the Lamb forevermore. I don't know if you're understanding what I'm preaching about, but if you've had a transformation in your life and you have the testimony that you please the Lord, it ain't going to be long. We're going to be translated. We're going to leave this world of sin and sorrow. Praise God and wickedness. And we're going to walk where the Lord has, has scheduled and prepared for us. Praise God. One day, the rocky road we travel is going to turn to gold. And it'll be worth it all after a while. Hallelujah. It was an act of deity. It was an act of deliverance. An act of deliverance, the Bible says, that it was that he should not see death, that he was delivered from death. Now, if you'd read Genesis 5 and 24, and that was all God gave us about, about Enoch, every Bible scholar and student in the world would have been fighting one another over what it meant. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. That's all the book of Genesis says about him. If that's all it did say in the whole Bible about that, some folks would say he didn't die, he just got translated into heaven. And others would be saying, well, you know, that's just a a nice poetic way of saying he died. But God gave us Hebrews 11 and said it translated him that he should not see death. That is, Enoch didn't have to die, praise God. 1 Corinthians 15, 26 says, the last enemy that shall be destroyed destroyed is death. That death is our enemy, but it will be destroyed, friend. We will be delivered, and it shall be said, oh death, where is thy sting? Oh grave, where is thy victory? We'll be delivered from the body of this death. Praise God, hallelujah. We're gonna be taken out, amen. Matter of fact, I got news for you. I don't wanna try to sound like a smart aleck but it is my spiritual gift. I can't die. Hallelujah. This old body's perishing already. Though the outward man perisheth, I'm not waiting for the outward man to die. He's in that process already. One day, there'll be a separation of the man on the inside and this guy on the outside. Though the outward man perishes, the inward man is renewed day by day. He that liveth and believeth on me shall never die. I don't know if you realize or not, I can't die. Hallelujah. Praise God. How many times did Brother Allen tell us, just go live long as Jesus lives. I mean, just gonna live forever. I've got eternal life, everlasting life, dwelling in me. I'm not waiting on getting life. He that hath the Son hath life. I've got the Son living in me. I'm living forever and I'll never die. I bless the Lord. I have victory over death. There is a deliverance that God brought in my life. I'm here, thank God, and the death has no power over me. Amen. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection over such a second death hath no power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's an act of deliverance. Amen. 
Oh, I was a boy and I'd hear them old timers stand and testify, talk about getting a brand new body. And I'd think, oh, that sounds good. I didn't have no idea how good it sounded. Amen. I didn't know what it sounded like then. I know now a little bit of what it sounds like. And it's sounding sweeter every day. Hallelujah. Bless his name. It'll be an act of deliverance. They don't say it's an act of a disappearance. Genesis 5.24 says that he walked with God and he was not found. He was not found. They went looking for him, I'm sure. I don't know if maybe they found a suit of clothes or maybe a shepherd's staff or his shoes left somewhere, but they didn't find him, amen. Someday, friend, somebody may locate an empty automobile, find a suit without a body, locate a cell phone that rings but never gets answered. Check the deed to my home, find it in my name, but there is no owner. Oh, yes, we'll soon be gone. We are leaving this old world. It's an act of disappearance. The news media will say maybe little green men came from Mars and took them off. But it ain't somebody coming from heaven. But it ain't little green man from Mars. The Lord himself's gonna descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. Hallelujah, the daddy Christ are gonna rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. There'll be an act of disappearance. We're leaving, amen. Woo! Oh, bless his name. Have the mothership. Have is not gonna take us to Mars, but the good old gospel ship is gonna take us to glory, amen. Woo! Hallelujah, it'll be an act of disappearance. And then not only we see his transformation and his testimony and his translation, but I'm finishing with this, beginning to finish. There's the teaching that he gives us. May we look at Enoch and learn the lessons the Lord left us. It's a lesson of grace. Enoch was in a sinful world, but God extended grace to him. Enoch's life was changed forever. According to Jude 14 and 15, Enoch become a prophet. He was different because of the lesson of grace. Amazing grace can open your blinded eyes today and make you a new man as well. There's a lesson of death. Genesis 5 is the record of Enoch is also the record of all the others around Enoch related to him, contemporaries of his time. And the difference in Enoch and all of them is that all the others died. But Enoch was delivered from death. The graveyard looks like a place of defeat now. But it will be the ultimate victory for the child of God. Hallelujah. Then there's a lesson of judgment. If this world would open our eyes and see that it's judgment bound. The lesson is walk with God and be ready to leave. For it is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. Sinner, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Backslider, another second dwelling outside the will of God is another second too long. Child of God, don't be weary in well-doing. The Lord's gonna reward our labor of love. Hallelujah, praise God. And we're going home real soon. Thank you, Pastor. Amen, bless your heart, Brother Toby. Amen.